Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. Good afternoon, morning, or evening, tomatoes. Whenever you are choosing to listen to this fabulous podcast, I'm Kim Selby, and I'm the San Francisco editor of the Three Tomatoes newsletter. And this is the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour podcast. So I don't know about you, but I'm feeling a little burnout still after the holidays, and I can imagine that many of you are as well. And today my guest is Jennifer Marcinelli, and you are going to love this. Even if you aren't suffering from burnout, she is a fabulous and fascinating woman. She knows of what she speaks in terms of getting out of burnout and turning it around into burning bright because she has suffered from burnout, and she's written a book called From Burning Out to Burning Bright. She's a board-certified holistic registered nurse, and this is so cool, a certified gemstone and diamond therapy practitioner, along with a host of other healing modalities that she incorporates. But let's get right to it, and welcome Jennifer. Hello, Kim, and hello, Tomatoes. Hello, everyone from Houston. It's so exciting to be here on the show with you today. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh my gosh, it is our pleasure for having you, especially at this time after the holidays when people may be feeling burnout and stress. And, you know, tell, you have a very fascinating background because you were um, a registered nurse with lots of degrees after your name. I know that. And then you were a um, pharmaceutical sales rep, something like that. Yeah, pretty close. I was classically trained and worked as uh, in a, as a Western medicine trained critical care and cardiovascular intensive care nurse in ER emergency room, and I then went into the really fast paced corporate world of capital equipment sales. So similar to pharmaceuticals, except for it was the scientific equipment in hospital laboratories. Very scientific, very high pressure. Oh, did that for about 20 years, which led up actually actually to my precipitating event of my my health crisis and near near suicide from burnout, incidentally. Oh my gosh. Well, tell us a little bit about how you got on this path today from burnout. I mean, you don't have to go into you know, as whatever details you want to share, and I know you do share some of that in the book, but what brought you briefly, I know it's, you know, from, to burnout and then to the other side, mm-hmm. and I'll interrupt as we go along, because I know <laughs> it's a huge story, huge story, but what caused the burnout and what, like, made you go, what? You know, you mentioned suicide. I mean, that's pretty severe. Yeah. It absolutely is. And well, as I mentioned, I was a critical care nurse in ER, so tons of pressure there. Years of working were taking on responsibilities for other people's health and wellness that really didn't belong on my shoulders, right? Because 
you know, as nurses and caregivers, especially um, in the vocation of nursing, we are just genetically wired to take care of others, as are many women and moms, right? And what happened to me is part through my training and part through how I was raised and how through the, the system, the industry of healthcare itself, is I found myself taking on responsibilities for client care that didn't belong to me. Um, I was knocking myself out to keep people alive, to be make sure that they had these perfect outcomes. Nothing ever went wrong because you know if you made any perceived mistake or didn't follow a procedure exactly, you know the first and foremost the patient would have a poor outcome, and that for a nurse is the worst. The worst thing that could ever happen to a critical care nurse or an ER nurse is something bad happens to their patient on their, on their watch, right? And what I didn't know at the time, what I was doing, working that way as a nurse, is I was taking on their karma mm-hmm. by trying to avert and manipulate or to you know, avert any type of lightning strike or bad outcome that could possibly happen to my patient or my patient's family. And I was taking on responsibility that didn't belong to me as a person, as a spiritual being, and as a licensed nurse, because I was held to those unrealistic expectations by licensure, by legally, right? And, yeah. and any nurse out there working today knows right now that, you know, you, you've got to act like this is the Marriott. You've got to fluff pillows and sing Kumbaya and hold people's hands. And, <laughs> and if they don't like it, they're going to give you a really bad HCAP score and you're going to hear about it and you're going to be punished, right? So that began a big part of the burnout from the nursing perspective, I'll be completely honest. And, and, and I go in depth in the book. So if, if anybody right. out there is interesting or has, you know, a morbid case of insomnia, you can feel free to read <laughs> what took place. Actually, when I was a critical care nurse, I share one of those stories. Um, then moving on into the really high pressure world of capital equipment, scientific laboratory equipment sales, that was a whole nother level, HNL, whole nother level. Can I just ask a quick question? What prompted you to change from nursing? Was it the feeling of taking on all that karma or was it financial? What was it that made you make this huge corporate change? Mm, Yeah. So oftentimes critical care nurses go into critical care, number one, because they're, they have an extra nth degree of skills and abilities and ways, uh, extra, extra abilities to care and manage crises and manage crises really well. But they also go into critical care because they're going on to other things. For example, advanced uh, master's or a doctorate degree in, say, anesthesia, mm-hmm. or they may go on to medical school or nurse practitioner school or PA school. And I went into cardiovascular intensive care thinking I would become a CRNA, which is a regist- uh, certified registered nurse anesthetist, which is the next level up. But incidentally, when I was reviewing and really taking a look at what I was going to do for my my next advanced degree, my master's degree, I got the nudge, you know what, I've got a flair for business. And I, I had an idea to start my own company. So I instead of going into advanced degree, a master's degree in nursing, I went into a master's degree in business because I had an idea for a company. And then during graduate school, I learned that I loved my idea for my business, but I did not love it enough to marry it. So I (laughs) sold the idea. And at the same time, I sold the idea to another company 
I was recruited kicking and screaming into capital equipment sales. I never dreamed I would be in sales. But fortunately, somebody saw something in me I didn't see in myself. And it actually, I ended up being an overnight success because at the time I was one of the rare, maybe five of us, <laughs> of registered nurses who had an, an MBA, a master's in business administration. Yeah, so that was I, really rare at the time. Right. I never dreamed I would go into sales in, and begin climbing the corporate ladder. So how long did you stay in that position or in that, you know? Yeah. So I was rapidly promoted. I came in as a sales rep, clinical specialist, and I had this such this unique balance of the clinical and the business. Yeah. And I was so successful in sales for one reason, because I could speak the language of every single person in the hospital because that's kind of what nurses have to do, right? right? And I was rapidly promoted up to senior leadership. So I did that for about 17 or 18 years. And at the end, I was actually running a startup, working in a startup company, bringing out brand new technology. And then I was kind of segued, you know, God in the universe segued me. Okay, you've got all your training. It's time now. You're going to go and be a practitioner. You're going to go and now go back to start helping, healing people like you've done for yourself. And you're going to open up your own company. So that was the long 20-year-ish segue through corporate America and sales into running my own company and building my own franchise, which I have today, Burn Bright Today. So, so you obviously went from, yeah, but we skipped over that big part of what caused you to yeah, burn out and oh, create your own company. Was it just the fact that it was, and I don't want to dwell too long on it because I want you to tell us about how we, how people can heal themselves and what it actually means to be a holistic nurse practitioner. But mm -hmm. obviously you suffered some severe burnout through this corporate environment. Is that correct? Oh, honey. Yes, I did. <laughs> and it was years of, you know, let, setting that, trying to manage that jet set life, unbelievable amounts of travel, national, international, not cooking for myself. Yeah. Um, and, but mostly trying to continually meet the unrealistic expectations set by me on step put onto me by others. For example, quotas, meeting sales quotas that were absolutely unattainable. Yeah. And it wasn't good enough. As a matter of fact, there was, I, I held the highest quota in one of my last companies for four years in a row. Oh. And not only did I hold, hold the highest quota, but to, to win the esteemed president's club, because it wasn't good enough to be, you know, it's not good enough just to meet your quota. You're not good enough unless you're actually in the incentive trip, you know, president's oh, club, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which was 150% to plan. And I was doing it every year. I was knocking say, myself out. Exactly. So this is your, is it fair to say you're a type A personality? And Triple A, yes. Yourself? <laughs> Confessions of a holistic nurse. Type <laughs> triple A, ultra perfectionist, trying to take care of everybody else. Because it wasn't just about the sales. And I'm glad you asked this because it wasn't just about the sales and the equipment. But the equipment that I have always specialized in has been the, the most cutting edge technology that brought either a, a test, in this case, a laboratory test, that would directly impact patient care. And this is what happens when you give a nurse something that will help patient care, they won't stop. Right. So I was out basically trying to save the world by really getting these new tests in that had a drastic, dramatic increase and in improvement in patient care, especially around blood products, 
uh, you know, receiving blood transfusions, which is very, very serious. Yeah. Um, and, but what I wasn't doing was ever taking care of myself. And I was always meet, trying to meet these unrealistic expectations and that I was never going to be able to meet because the bar was always being moved. But also I was driving change and I'm kind of wired to do that. It's, it's a part of being the, the holistic person that I am. I'm part of, part of my mission here is to, to help drive change and bring out new technologies that will improve the lives of others. But when you drive change or you're speaking truth, you come up against tremendous resistance. And the resistance that I was facing was at 360 degrees. Colleagues, coworkers, managers, um, senior leadership that you know put you in this position, but then weren't able to give you the support that you know I really needed to make it happen. I was dealing with jealousy, resentment um, from not like I said, coworkers, bosses, managers, family, even, and so that anger and that resentment. And all of the negative emotions and those negative thoughts that others were projecting onto me got trapped in my energy field. And we'll talk a little bit about this. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. But not only the negative energies and the jealousy and the resentment to others that we were projecting on me, but what I was projecting onto them, back onto them, because we mirror each other, and I was projecting onto myself. So it was this vicious cycle. And what I did not know at the time from all of this overachievement was that I was energetically being damaged to a point that I was experiencing the end stages of burnout. And in my case, I had a precipitating event where I knew that it was time to leave the company and I was holding on for dear life. I just, for every reason in the world, thought I was supposed to be at this company until I retired, right? And I thought I was supposed to be in senior leadership at this company and I just couldn't let go of it. And as you know, what happens when it's time to move on in life, what does a mama eagle do to its babies when it's time for the babies to fly? Yeah, pushes they, them right they, out of the nest. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Exactly. They, mother, mama eagle makes that nest really uncomfortable and forces you to fly. And it, sometimes you can hit the ground. <laughs> um, and what happened to me is I the team that I was leading, this is a very, very high functioning team, very tenured executives, very tenured, experienced business professionals. Uh, we were, went into a meeting where I was expecting love and support and accolades and signature, signature from uh, the, the VP of sales on this big project and expecting full support and funding. But that's not what happened. Um, as instead of receiving accolades and the team just being boosted and getting the signature and getting the funding that we knew that we were going to get, um, it was completely, the sandcastle got demolished, kicked over, and I was publicly humiliated, ridiculed, and it was extremely painful. And not only me, but my team. And it's one thing to come after me, but do not come after my team. Mama bear, right? Right. And you're so, nurturing your caregiver. That nurse part of you is probably just, oh, crinkling inside. Oh, yes. And I managed to somehow end that call. Somehow. We, we were on a, a virtual call. And I get off the call. And not long, not, not long after, I was home alone. And it hit me. And I was in my living room, home alone, with in the very end stages of burnout. My hands were shaking. I 
couldn't see straight. I was crying uncontrollably and I was repeating over and over again, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. It's the only thing I could say. I was absolutely suicidal. I was not only thinking about suicide, I was researching ways, shuffling through the house. How am I going to do it? Oh my gosh. I mean, you know, and I talk about this in my book at a little bit greater length if anybody wants to read a little bit more about the story. But what ended up taking place is I really had become my own critical care patient. And my inner nurse stepped forward and said, you know, very softly and sweetly, Jennifer, come in here, sweetie. And my inner nurse, my inner critical care nurse walked me into the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and what I saw staring back at me was something out of a really bad B movie. I was, I looked like a ghost. I was ashen. My eyes were sunken in. My cheeks were sunken in. I was gray in color and my pupils were two different sizes. Oh, and my inner nurse said, you know, kind of spoke to me very softly with tremendous compassion. And I realized then that I didn't want to die, that I was dying. Oh. Yep. And I'm like, I am on the edge of a major neurological event, regardless of whether it was a stroke or, um, or an aneurysm or something of that nature. It was very serious. And I was energetically and physically, mentally, emotionally breaking down. Soul was leaving the body. And I was having a neurological event. And yeah. And I survived by having a remarkable out-of-body experience with my spiritual guide, which I go to in detail in the book. And I was shown during this out-of-body experience with tremendous care and compassion and no judgment whatsoever that all of the anger and resentment and all of those negative thoughts, memories, and emotions that had been projected on me, I had projected on others, and I had projected on myself, had created energetic injury to myself, and my injuries were incompatible with life. I had a burn through my chest, all the way through, front to back, this larger than a basketball. Oh my, like a physical burn? Uh, it, was, it was on the energetic level. Uh-huh. So, and this is what actually happens, you know, as I learned it from this, I went on to study energy medicine. Um, but what I've learned now as a practitioner is that many, if not all, let's say most of our injuries, illnesses, or accidents first take place energetically before it takes place in the body, the physical so, body. And, and no, I totally, um, and I read this in your book, and I know that you also talk about different, not just the energetic, there's the causal body, mm-hmm. the intuitive body, mm-hmm. and that all of these, um, and subtle, the subtle bodies, I guess, Correct. is what you would called it, right? And that we Correct. have a multidimensional body, and we we need to rebuild our emotional foundation. And is that what the energy healing is able to do? Absolutely. Um, And I was guided to that. When, once the spiritual experience ended and I was like back home in my body and my, in my back on my couch, uh, the 
you know, I'm one of these rare people that was blessed with a second chance at life. And I've heard of these folks. I had just never, I just had experienced it firsthand for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I realized I have to dramatically change my life. I have to change every relationship. I have got to take responsibility for what I'm thinking, doing, and saying, and for my memories. And I've got, I've got to get this healed. And then from that moment on, I was led over the next, that would happen when I was 44. So over a period of time, I was guided through various healing modalities. I was already doing acupuncture uh, and then was led through Chinese herbs, Reiki. And once I was healed up to it, like a plateau, right? I, had, I would heal to a certain level and then it was time to go to the next level of modality. And that's when I was guided to gemstone and diamond therapy. So what... So mm -hmm. you, how did you like find people to do this? I mean, in case people are listening and they, they want to go to a Reiki practitioner or they want mm -hmm. to find somebody, how did you find, how, I know that intuitively you just knew this is where you needed to go, but like, did you use Mr. Google? Did you use references? Was your acupuncturist able to help you or how did that transpire? Yeah, you know, um, so much of this came through inner guidance because I'm very fortunate. I have, I'm, I'm really grounded in my own personal spiritual path, which is one of the things about being a board certified holistic nurse is that we are bound by, by our creed, if you will, to work with people from every religion, every race, every culture, every creed with complete compassion and detachment because the more grounded you are in your own spiritual path the more you can allow others their freedom as well so i think because of that deep relationship i was receiving such inner guidance that i was more easily able to locate gems and diamonds but you know what's interesting every time i've ever opened myself to my inner guidance like this and taken one step the it's kind of like that old adage that when the student is ready the teacher appears right and the, the searches became very easy. And yes, some things I did search on Google, but literally things began showing up in my email box. Yeah. And it, it, or, or, it, or it found me on Facebook, for example. So somehow, it was, and it was always there. It's just that my awareness raised to be able to see it. You know, it's kind of like when you buy a new car that you've never had before. And let's say you want a red SUV, this certain type. And then all of a sudden, once you want to buy this car, you see this exact red SUV everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of like that. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I did some searches and I found, um, and then again, friends, new colleagues, new friends came into my life that were working with gemstones. And I was referred to the books that I, I in the back, in the back of the book, I give, I'm always believe in giving credit where credit is due. So I was guided to some of those books that I refer to, uh, Gar Wisdom of the Gemstone Guardians, uh, Michael Katz, the, uh, the science behind the gemstones. So that, that began my initial search, but I immediately knew right then and there, start ordering gems and start working with them. And every time I ordered and connected with a gem, my healing took the next step. Oh, I love And then that. the next step and the next step until I was ready for diamond. And then when I was ready, I was already well aligned. And then I was, then, you know, the diamond training, the diamond Institute and all of that showed up and well, I just and, kept and following all of that. I mean, you say it as if it's nothing. However, I feel like that could be an entire podcast on its own. I just want to take one step back a second, mm -hmm. because as you were talking about, you know, being guided and I'm, 
putting myself in the position of a listener and I kind of know the answer, but I feel like after reading your book and learning and um, actually observing a lot of things myself and knowing myself and how frantic I can tend to get, in order to let this intuitive nature in, we really have to be open to it, right? You can't just be yes. in your state of freneticness. You Absolutely. have to either meditate um, or do something. Is that not correct? I mean, they're not going to just come to someone who's listening going, okay, I'm ready. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Especially those <laughs> of us with type A personalities, myself included. But what method did you use? Did you meditate? Did you, how did you let all this wonderful intuitive information into your life? You had to calm down somehow. Yes, absolutely. So um, there are two things that I do every day. And one of, one of the things that I do every day is I power all the way down every evening. I power down all of my electronics and I mean all the way off, even the Wi-Fi, TVs, everything. I don't have my televisions on. They're actually unplugged. Oh. And I power down every night and then I go into contemplation for 20 to 30 minutes every morning before I turn anything back on. And every night after I've turned off electronics, I go into contemplation and I connect with the divine in my own special way, which I'm more than happy to share with you if you'd like to hear about it. Wow. And 20 to 30 minutes every day can literally change your life. It has for me. And what I did in those, in those early days was, and, and I still do, but what calmed me down and what got me out of that frenetic state, and this is something that anybody can do anytime, anywhere, uh, it's best, it's, it's recommended to go 20 to 30 minutes, but you can sing the hue, H-U, it's a word, it's actually a prayer of the highest sort, it connects us with the divine, and it is for everyone, it doesn't belong to anyone, it is not from any race, culture, or creed, and it's sung very slowly and reverently, and I'll demonstrate it for you, um, you just Get yourself as, as settled as you can and with your eyes open or your eyes closed and take a nice, slow, deep breath in. And as you breathe out, you sing the word hue, H-U, and it sounds like this. You. slow, deep breaths, breathe in, and on the out breath, you sing you. And, and, and for just, how long do you do this? Is this rec Yeah, it's recommended 20 to 30 minutes, at least once a day. I do it twice a day, but you know, this is something that you can use at any time, anywhere. You can sing it out loud in your car if you needed to. In the corner of your office if you need to, or you can even sing it quietly to yourself, but it will help take you out of that frenetic state, mm. help calm and soothe all of your subtle bodies. You know, you talked about those in the book and it helps connect to the divine and helps you just connect with God in a way that will help you get that inner guidance of what to do next. It's very soothing and very calming. I, that is a remarkable, it is so nice to have a tool in our tool shed that can help us calm down. 
and help us access our own inner knowing because I feel that that's probably what's happening in in your book and or in your life um, and you were guided to write this book, which I really highly recommend. I, I really loved it. I read it very quickly and it was full, talk full of great information. But in your life today, because gosh, we have been chatting for almost <laughs> the whole time, but, but in your life today as a holistic nurse practitioner, how do you find yourself working? Do you see clients? Do people come to you and you use all the different modalities? You work one-on-one, -on -one, I'm assuming, with someone? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, a bit I do. What your business has transformed itself into. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it is continuing to transform. Um, I have local, national, and international clientele. So I have either private clients who see me in the studio in person, or I have clients that I sometimes travel to them, to their estate, or I meet with them and their family at their vacation homes or at a vacation spot, such as, you know, like one of the prestigious hotel resorts. Sometimes mm -hmm. they fly me out there so I can work with them while the whole family's on vacation. And I do a lot of work remotely. This is one of the beautiful things about energy medicine is it does, it's not limited to space and time. So my clients can either, number one, see me in person, or they can work with me by telephone or video. Because some of my clients just prefer to be able to be home or in their hotel room or in their office, quiet, relaxed, either seated or you know comfortably in their easy chair or on their bed where they can just go to sleep if they need to. And we can work together over the phone or we can have a video. I have found that with many, some of my millennial clients, they love the video mm -hmm. because they like to watch it over and over because they can see what the gems and diamonds are doing. And it helps the mind kind of get on board with the changes that the energetics, the energy field is actually making. And it helps them learn more about their energy field and how it works and how the gems and the diamonds are actually working because they're actually healing themselves. Technically, when we ask for help, we're actually saving ourselves. And then I also work with pets. So I, although I specialize in burnout, I am absolutely able to treat and work with the energetic causes of pretty much any injury, illness, disease, or accident. Yeah, right? and you, you actually, I think you said in your book that when people have exhausted every other method of healing, they are led and guided to find you. Yes. Um, many of the clients who find me sometimes feel like, okay, nothing is working. I've taken all these medications or had surgery or I've had all of this counseling and I'm at my wits end and then they call me. Yeah. <laughs> and I think um, also because of my depth and breadth of experience is in ER and critical care, that I also have a unique, a, a unique part of my practice is that I can really help folks who are in crisis and not every practitioner can. Different practitioners have different niches, if you will, areas of specialty. Like some of my colleagues work with autism. Some of them work with head injuries. Right. Um, for, or some of them work with, you know, children, for example. Um, and it just seems that the folks who find me oftentimes, they don't have to be in crisis. I'm not saying that. But right. sometimes when they call me, they're literally in crisis. And for example, I had a pharmacist drive two and a half hours on a Friday night to see me in my home because I wasn't in the studio. Yeah. And she was, she, she drove through the night to, she had someone drive her yeah. through the night to get to me. 
for, for it to be, and the first order of business with her was to get the energy field stable because she was very, very close to where I was and she knew it. She wow. had heard me on the radio and she's like, okay, I'm in big trouble here and I need someone to help me. And so the first order of business oftentimes is stabilizing the energy field so you can settle down because when we get to that state, if you're, if you're at the end stages of burnout or a crisis like I was, and you may not have that training of getting yourself out of that frenetic energy, sometimes you have to call for help. Right. And I think the key thing that I, I'd really urge and encourage anyone and, and just, just put out there is it's not your fault. You know, give yourself one huge big break, okay? Just tell yourself, I'm going to give myself a break today. From I've been so hard on myself. And at this moment, I don't have to be perfectly in control. I don't have to know exactly what to do. I don't have to make every perfect decision. But what I can do is I can call for help. Because when we call for help, we're actually saving ourselves. Yeah. Well, I love that. And, you know, we're getting near the time where we need to wrap up. And something you said in the book, which I, I wrote down, um, which I think is really vital and important for people to know, healing ourselves helps us to become whole. In our wholeness, we are better able to express divine love in our own unique way. Mm-hmm. And I know I've read and I hear that our, we have the capability to heal ourselves. And I believe that people should read your book, of course. I, I mean, it's not like I'm trying to sell your book for you. <laughs> but I feel that everybody has, especially as we get older, tomatoes, you know, of women of a certain age, there's a lot to heal whether it's past emotional trauma or, you know, as our body starts to change, starts to change, hello, but, mm-hmm. you know, and things that, uh, you know, the muscles aren't as strong or we get an injury that we need to learn how to access our own inner healing and going to someone like you to do some energy work, I think is really, my sense is, of course, that's very, obviously you believe that, but I also believe that it's very valuable because there's only so much that a surgeon or a physician or a drug can do for you. And I just really want people to understand this as well, that there are so many different levels to our bodies. And energy healing is coming more into the forefront. Reiki is very popular. And I know you also read, don't just go to anybody who has Reiki behind their name, do some research. But I, is there anything that you would like to end with? I love our who, who, who prayer. You just say mm-hmm. it like you, I have to remember that. Is there anything else you would like to recommend to people or any final words before I want you to give them the name of your book and your website so that people can get in touch with you? Mm-hmm. So I think, I think to, to kind of wrap up, I would say, number one, really just take a deep breath experiment with the hue, see how it resonates with you. And any time that you work with any practitioner, whether you reach out to me or one of the practitioners uh, of Burn Bright today, or whether you find a Reiki practitioner or some practitioner that you work with, I would just encourage you to find someone that you feel really comfortable with and find someone that helps you connect to the divine so that you're not relying long-term on anyone else. And that includes your practitioner because we are here to assist and to facilitate. We're not actually the ones doing the healing and, but we, we have skills and abilities and we're here to assist you 
connect with your higher self and with your spiritual team of angels and guardians and masters and teachers and guides so that you can over time become healed, learn how to heal yourself and be completely empowered and completely sovereign so that your healing team is your team that assists you but you're not relying on them. And there's such tremendous empowerment with that. So I'd like to leave that with, with everyone out there that, that's moving from you know, the darkness of burning out into the light of burning bright. It, I think it's just critical to help your, your, the more empowered we are and the more we are connected to our own divine, the brighter we shine. And that is a fabulous place to be because I, and I hope that everyone out there who's ever been where I was can get to where I am now and where I'm going. And if any of this resonates with you, please, you know, feel free to reach out to my website, burnbrighttoday.com. Everything is on my website. Uh, the book is on the website. It's at a discounted price off of Amazon. Uh, the ebook you can access from there as well, whether you want a hard copy or you want the electronic copy. And if it's a gift, let me know and you know, we can autograph it for you. And also there's a lot of free, really good information on there. I've put lots of blogs. And as, as you know, Kim, I have uh, many, many, many articles that I've been written and published and all of those are stored on the media page. So if there's a specific topic that you'd like to look at, you can search, but most of all, I'd also like to just extend a warm invitation that if you'd like to set up a free 15 minute consultation, you know, go ahead and schedule, reach out to me, let's talk live. I wanna hear what's going on and see if I can assist you in some way, whether it's something that I can do to serve and work with you, or if I have another practitioner that I could refer you to that's best for you at this time. So. Feel free to reach out if it resonates and if it feels right, more than happy. And I'm here for you. And there's an entire team and a community building to support you as well. Thank you, Jennifer. I will be reaching out to you. But um, <laughs> I uh, thank you. I want to just thank you uh, for sharing these unique gifts that you have with everyone. And I know that you will speak to some of our listeners, maybe not everyone, but I know that whoever it resonates with will reach out to you. So Jennifer, thank you so much for being our guest today. And I look forward to reading more about you, seeing you and working with you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to it. And thank you for having me. Of course.